Hi, I'm Carmen, this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth. The show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today our show is on mortgage investing and we're so grateful to have John Timinzik on the show today. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So our topic today is about mortgage investing and how the whole process works. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, handles a lot of private money and the facilitation of private money. Today, we're going to talk about five of the main frequently asked questions to do with how a mortgage investment works from a legal structure. So first off, to start, just to inform our viewers a little bit about this process, John, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what mortgage investing is? Yeah, mortgage investing is really no different than the mortgages that everyone's pretty familiar with with the bank. The only difference is at this level, we have private parties lending to other private parties instead of having a bank involved. And so with, with a private mortgage, um, we want to let people know that you can actually invest only with 50000 25000 The minimum investments are small. You don't have to have millions in the bank to get involved in a mortgage investment. Yes. From a legal standpoint, there really are no limits or minimums to how we can get these mortgages registered. It really just comes down to the transaction and how the broker has put together the transaction and you know, which investments they've lined up for which investors. And we can offer returns on private money in the range of 8 to 16%, and they do fluctuate. And it also depends on the security, John, right? So Right. A lot of times the interest rate, the returns, if there are lender fees or not, is really based on the priority you have on title, the nature of the investment, what the funds are being used for. Right. Mm. At the end of the day, the higher your yield, it's typically associated with slightly higher risk or you know, a development loan or construction project. Right. So one of the main questions people have is, so how is a mortgage investment secure? Would you be able to talk us through a little bit about how that process works? Yes. So after the deal is put together and a commitment is issued, um, once the parties have decided to go forward, both borrower and lender, we get the commitment from the mortgage broker. That's the point at which we start doing our due diligence. So we, we search title to find out what's on title, what's existing out there. And from a mortgage standpoint, we can actually register that mortgage on title. And it's basically a placeholder or a reservation against the equity that is available on that property. So there's actually two phases of due diligence, if you think about it. It goes through the brokerage, what we do. We do our due diligence, go through the borrower, the, the credibility of the borrower, what's their capacity, can they pay for the mortgage investment, where the property is located, and the total amount that we're lending. So loan to value, which means the loan amount that we're lending to the value of the real estate. And then once we've done ours and we've secured a lender for that investment, we then send it over to John and then you are the one that then goes through that process. So that's pretty intense. Right. So our investors need to know that. We build on your searches. Uh, Some of it overlaps because a lot of times time has passed from the point that you did your searches and the point that the transaction is actually closing. And then we go deeper into the deal. We search title. We make sure property taxes are paid. If it is a corporate borrower, if it's a company borrowing instead of a person, we have to conduct searches to make sure that that company is able to borrow the loan, that the company does exist. Now, I'm just curious, how long does it take typically for you to do a closing on a a private mortgage like this? It really depends on the transaction. If it's a regular um, investor lending cash, 
to another residential property owner, mm -hmm. we can take care of that in a couple of days. But if we're talking about a syndicated mortgage, a commercial project, yeah, larger projects, larger projects or multiple parcels of land that are being lent against, mm -hmm. it can take up to several weeks to get everything finalized. Right, exactly. Now there are, I, I do wanna get into a little bit of this and, and it's, it's an individual mortgage versus a syndicated mortgage. So uh, an individual mortgage is myself, lending to you, for example, right? right, And then a syndicated mortgage is multiple. So it's two or more people in investment, investing in, and it could be on an apartment building or it could be on a development project. Correct. So I just wanted to clarify that because there's a lot of people that wonder what that is. Like, what is a syndicated mortgage? And they're hearing so much about it. And and the fact is that this, this syndicated mortgage and private lending has been around for decades. This is not new. People are just learning about it today. No, it's been around for a long time. And there are benefits of both. Uh, we have private lenders we've dealt with who prefer being in an investment on their own. They typically have larger amounts of money that they're investing so they can handle a transaction that way. The biggest benefit with the syndicated mortgage is because there are a group of people pooling their money together, it exposes a lot of investors to investments that they otherwise wouldn't afford to be able to handle right. on their own. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are higher, higher yielding returns and it's not necessarily associated to additional risk. It's just that this is an opportunity that they can get into that typically larger money would require. Right. Typically it would require larger money and a lot of syndicated deals, um, do deal with developments or ongoing projects. And because those projects are generating money for the borrower, there are typically higher returns associated for the investor mm -hmm. as well. Now, just to take a step back, how did you first get involved in this? What's your what's your background? How long have you been involved in um, you know facilitating the uh, closings on mortgage investments? For sure. Um, I started practicing law about 12 years ago. Um, I've been investing in real estate myself from before that time. My family develops homes in the GTA, so that was my first exposure to it. Mm -hmm. So when it came time to set up my own practice, my network of contacts, my personal life experience, everything was based in real estate. So I chose to focus on real estate law. Um, mm -hmm. Early on, a lot of the transactions we handled were your typical buy, sell, refinance that most people are familiar with. And you still do that today, right? Oh, that's still yeah. a, a large part of our practice. Um, at the same time, we did get into private mortgages early on, and that aspect of our practice has grown with time. And I know that every time we refer you a client, they absolutely love you. They say that you're just just amazing and that your your personal services is just great. And that's what you need in that sense of comfort when you are um, investing your money, because it's scary for some people. They get involved in a, in a mortgage, oh my gosh, and they're afraid mm -hmm. for the first few right. times, right? It's then, important for them to be able to come meet with you, sit down with you, go through the process, learn the ins and outs of how it works. Well, that, that comfort level is a big thing. And uh, we have a lot of repeat investors, some of whom want to meet face to face with me all the time. Some of them we teleconference with, but I, I really like to stress that face to face meeting for the first meeting whenever possible, because People are investing their money. These are their savings that they're putting out there. So it's right. good to put a face to the name and mm -hmm. but if we meet have, each other. Um, you know, investors all over Canada, are they still able to work with you even if they can't come in face We to are face? able to facilitate that. Um, a, a lot of the documentation that we deal with can be handled electronically. It, it's really the, the first time or the, the first couple of times that we deal with an investor, we need to get their ID verified and to know who we're dealing with and no. And how does the process of the ID verification I was just work? Say that. How does that work? <laughs> yes. That's a big question as so well. The good thing is, from that angle, 
anywhere in North America, even most places overseas, you know, the, the common law system exists everywhere and there are notaries or lawyers pretty much everywhere. So a lot of times it's just a quick trip to a notary or a lawyer to have their signing verified, to have their ID verified. Once we have that on file for future transactions, it's a lot easier to deal with each other electronically. Okay. And I'll just say this quickly. So if, if someone lives in the United States or they're out of the country, can they invest in this mortgage and well, use you as your lawyer? From a legal standpoint, definitely. The only thing we always suggest on potential foreign investors is that they also discuss the implications with their own tax professionals. So the, the next part that we want to talk about is what does this security mean for the investor? So when you're registering a mortgage for them, how does this process work and what does it mean to the people that are, let's say, hypothetically lending $100,000 to somebody? Um, you know, are they... How secure are they? That's okay. the question. So the mortgage commitment will often outline their priority on title. First mortgages would give you first priority, but typically the returns are slightly lower. Second mortgages mean that there's another mortgage ahead in terms of priority on title. So we would start with that. We would perform our title searches to see what's actually there, mm -hmm. to see if there are any mortgages that are being paid out and removed, mm -hmm. to make sure that there are no deficiencies on title, and to make sure that there are no tax liens, unpaid property taxes. And there's usually taxes. quite a large list of funding conditions as well that we want met. So I know you'll go through and make sure that all of those are solidified before Definitely. we close on a mortgage. You know, property taxes are paid. They have insurance in place because they also need to, when someone is borrowing private money, they need to name the lender as a payee on the policy. So you're, you'll ensure that that's right. So, so well. we make sure that the insurance is in place. That way, if the property were to burn down, if there were to be a payout instead of a reconstruction, the lender does get paid out before the homeowner gets a big payout of cash. Right. Um, we make sure property taxes are up to date. We make sure utilities are up to date. If there are people providing personal guarantees, we make sure that they get registered on title. Once we've been satisfied with all of the due diligence, uh, we prepare documents that are signed by the borrower and the lender. After that point, we register the mortgage. Uh, in this digital age, we do it all from our desk. So the good thing with that is we're able to register from our office. We get confirmation of that registration as soon as it's completed. So typically by the end of that day or the next morning, our investors would get an email uh, from ourselves or even from the mortgage broker just indicating that the mortgage has closed and providing them with a registered copy of that mortgage. Excellent. Now, if there is a problem in the process of this whole due diligence, um, we're definitely not proceeding on the mortgage investment. So a mortgage could be canceled at the 11th hour. People have their money waiting in trust with you, and you might find something out that was registered on title that we're not aware of, then we're going to cancel the deal there. So that does, that could happen. It doesn't happen often. It, it could happen. What happens sometimes as well is, you know, we find out that there are unpaid property taxes or we find out that there's an old mortgage that was paid out, but it was never discharged from title. And these are things that are correctable. Um, we would disclose it to the investors. They would be aware of it. They would have the opportunity to withdraw from the investment or to move ahead with it. But more often than not, the issues that do come up when they do come up are issues that we can correct. Right. Exactly. And the important thing is, is that they're going to be corrected before we're going to be closing the mortgage and you're going to ma be making sure that all those steps are taken. Definitely. The important thing is that, that they are corrected and that the investors are aware of them and are happy moving forward in spite of them. Now, you must be really expensive. Who pays for your fees? Well, the great thing with these mortgages <laughs> is that the industry standard is that borrowers pay for all legal fees 
for themselves yes. and for the lenders. Yeah, that's the beauty for being a lender. Mm-hmm. Being a lender, it doesn't cost anything. It really doesn't right? cost them anything. It really doesn't. They pay a fee to us. The borrowers pay a fee to us. Um, they pay your fees mm-hmm. and they also pay the lender's legal fees, right? Right. So this works out really well for, for the investor overall. Definitely. They don't have to pay. So they just make their returns. Yep. And, and can we talk a little bit about the, well, let's talk about how they get their mortgage payments. How is that done? Right. So a lot of that will depend on the terms of the mortgage itself. There are mortgages where you receive post-dated checks for monthly payments. There are mortgages where the interest is deducted up front and there are no payments. There are also administered mortgages where there's the administrator in between the lender and the borrower administering the payments and making sure that the borrower gets, sorry, that the lender gets paid every Now, should we talk a little bit about what an administrator is? So I know a lot of people get confused when they say, well, is my name being registered on title or is it the mortgage administrator being registered on title? And does that change their security in any way? So I'll I'll explain a mortgage administrator is an entity in trust for a lender. And, And sometimes... From my experience, people are using an administrator because they don't want their information public because anything on a charge is public, correct? Right. Anything on a charge is searchable. The names would be there. Um, By using an administrator, you have that layer of confidentiality. There are agreements between the administrators and the lenders, which do provide proof of their security. And the charge itself, the mortgage that's registered on title, would note that the administrator is holding their interest in the mortgage as a trustee for investors. So okay. it is clear that there are other people behind the administrator. And the administrator also helps to assist with collecting the payments from the borrowers and making those payments to the lenders. So in a lot of ways, having an administrator on board makes it a lot more of a passive investment vehicle for the investors as their interest payments can just be deposited into their bank account as opposed to collecting and depositing the checks. And no additional fees to the investor. That's so, correct. Well, that's, that's a great thing. For yeah. The investor, yeah. right? At the I end of the day, the, the borrower pays for the administration. Fees. I mean, I mean, how hard is it to walk to the bank with a check every month? <laughs> However, <laughs> if you don't want to do that and you want somebody else to just deposit the money into your account every month, then you use an administrator. Right. And if there's anything like an NSF check, which happens, like it's not, it does happen periodically, then you know that the administrator is taking care of that for you. Definitely. Right. Now, when an investor decides to proceed with a mortgage investment, just to backtrack a little bit, how does that process work? How do they get the funds to you? What should they expect when they commit to a mortgage? Um, how that process is going to go? Right. So after we've satisfied the due diligence searches and we've prepared our documents, we'll have a more realistic timeline of a closing date. At that point, we typically reach out to the investors, let them know the closing date. And depending on the size of the deal, we might ask for funds one or two days before closing. Sometimes we ask for up to a week before if there are hundreds of lenders on a deal because there is a lot to coordinate. And I think investors need to know that when you get into a mortgage investment, the closing date, which means the date that we're supposed to actually close on the mortgage, and then they start to earn interest, that can fluctuate. Even though the contract is written, let's say, December 10th, it's not necessarily going to close bang on December 10th. Well, definitely. There are a lot of variables out of our control. At the end of the day, we can control the mortgage itself to make sure that it is what it's supposed to be. But the timing of closing, you know, some of these mortgages, they do get delayed. And And how do these investors issue their funds to you? What's an acceptable form? Like, can they... They bring the funds to yeah, you. Yeah, bank there, draft. There are multiple options. The, the cheapest option is making a bank draft and having it either delivered to us or physically deposited at any branch. 
that right. we bank with. Um, the next option is sending a wire. It is a little more expensive for more, most investors, but that is an option. Mm-hmm. And then on the um, on the administered side, for investors lending out of RRSPs, TFSAs, RESPs. Right, which right. is eligible. We didn't even discuss that. Right. People can use registered funds. They can use registered funds. So those funds are sitting with whoever is administering, whichever financial institution is administering those investments. Right. And once we've satisfied all of their due diligence requirements, they will advance funds to us for that transaction. So you'll hold all of the funds in your trust account and release them collectively once a mortgage is ready to close. Right. Every, everything stays into our trust account on a regular mortgage or refinance until the mortgage itself has physically been registered. If the funds are being used for a purchase, we would enter into appropriate agreements with the borrower's lawyer and the funds would go to them on the condition that they are to be used for a specific transaction and that the registrations must occur for the funds to be released. So I guess one of the main questions that people may have is what happens if something does go wrong during the term of a mortgage? How does being yeah. secured as a mortgage protect you as an investor? So that's where the, the whole loan to value and the priority on title comes in. That typically things don't go wrong on these mortgages. We do have from time to time hiccups such as missed payments, late payments, and those are usually corrected within a couple of days by the borrower. And I guess it depends a lot on the back end due diligence, making sure you're getting into a mortgage where, you know, this borrower is a credible individual, you know, the property is good, loan to value is good. So doing that upfront due diligence will certainly help. But, um, you know, what would be the case? What would be the scenario that um, an investor could expect if something did happen to go through an obstacle? Right. So if something went through an obstacle, typically the broker will reach out directly to the borrower or we will reach out to the borrower's lawyer and find out what's happening. Okay. We'll give them a very short period you of time to, to correct things. the issue right. before it gets to a serious point. And the beauty of a mortgage is that it's registered on real estate, unlike a stock, right? right. You buy a stock, you lose a stock, you're history. Yeah. The investor's uh, investment, is they yeah. have a tangible security. They have collateral to their investment. Well, which that, is that is the whole beauty of the security. So in an absolute worst case scenario, over a relatively short period of time, if that default isn't corrected, if the mortgage isn't brought back into good standing, the investor can take steps to actually sell the property and realize on the security that they have against Including the Including any interest owing, costs associated legal fees, anything like that that may happen. Oh, yes. The borrower would be responsible for all monies owing, including all costs associated with the default and with enforcing the default. So our last question that we have for you today is, how does the payout work? So when a mortgage investment term has finished, how do the investors receive their original investment back? And I just want to say one thing before you speak. Sorry. Again, with a payout, Investors need to understand that it can't, it might not happen exactly on the payout date. It's not like buying or selling a stock. Right. So each mortgage does have a maturity date. Some mortgages do have potential extension or renewal terms built in, and that would all be in the mortgage commitment. So and the investors, how long are these typically? They're usually about one to three years. Is that- most investments start with a year or two, and then there could be a renewal period of another year or two. Okay. But typically one-year terms, right? Typically one-year terms. Once the maturity date comes, the mortgage becomes due and payable. What happens sometimes is that the borrower actually notifies us that they're either selling the property or that they finished their project early and they want to pay us out early. Mm -hmm. In those cases, there are also terms in the mortgage itself that dictate what happens on an early payout. Um, Most of those terms are based around making sure that 
the investors have enough notice so that they can line up their next investment right. if they're getting exactly. paid out. Yeah, because they always want to roll it, right? Right. Well, and that's also when a broker does work well with you in that matter. So we know that the mortgage is coming for maturity, the investor's contacting, and then we can roll the money back into something. Right. And a lot of times what the broker is doing is finding that next investment. Yeah. So you try to create as seamless of a gap as you can so that the money's always working for the investors. Yeah, it's a great investment vehicle. Many people are happy with it. And it's secured on real estate. And uh, private lending for me is one of the best investment vehicles I can think of. Definitely. If you are interested in on the security of mortgage investing or any other real estate investing questions, feel free to check out our website, profunds.ca for more information. 30 minutes are up, go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.